Welcome to the Pen and the Yod. Join Rabbi Michael Siegel from Ansham at Synagogue in Chicago and author Jonathan Eig as they talk about this week's Torah portion of Vayechi, Bless Your Children Well. What do you think was the most important lesson that you received from your parents? Something that you could construe as a blessing that they gave you to carry on in life? Wow. Um, you know, I don't really think of any particular wisdom that they passed along or, or words. I think of how they conducted themselves. I think of the fact that they just showed each other a lot of love and, and were really openly affectionate with us. We were a hugging and kissing kind of family. My father's the kind of guy who will kiss you on the lips, um, regardless wow. of your gender or <laughs> how uh, closely he feels about you. Uh, but they kissed each other. They hugged in the hall, you know, for no apparent reason. And, and they just made us feel really loved and supported. And they, um, I think they, they showed us, a, uh, you know, how to be affectionate. And that, that's probably like the number one thing that comes to my mind. So the blessing is through example. Yes, for me, certainly. So they didn't sort of preach to you and this is how to live your life and how to go forward, but rather it was just in the example they set in the home on a daily basis. Yeah, and like a lot of um, parents of, of their generation, they were pretty laissez-faire. You know, they were not helicopter parents by any stretch. They wouldn't know where we were for an entire day. This is when we were little and we were out roaming the neighborhood. I'm not talking about, you know, when we're in college, um, but they, they were not the kind of parents who said, you have to be a doctor and you have to, or you have to be, uh, you know, we have to know where you are every minute of the day. They were, they let us figure out for ourselves who we wanted to be. And I, I have a lot of respect for that because I, I know how hard it is now that I have my own kids. And yet, you know, times change, parenting changes. If parents were to act like my parents acted, like your parents acted, they might be seen as neglectful. Right, absolutely. In, in our in our terms. So what do you mean you don't know where they are or where they're going or what they're doing? And I, I don't think that that would play very well in the world in which we live. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, so parenting evolves, but the notion of what our parents leave us, I think, remains. And that goes all the way back to this week's Parsha which has Jacob in his waning days calling his sons forward who are going to be the tribes of Israel. And he offers each one a blessing. And I'm going to put that in air quotations. When you hear the words blessing your children, what goes through your mind? That you're praying for them, that you're, um, you know, you're bestowing good wishes and um, asking for God's protection. Exactly. That's what I would think as well. But you look at the blessings, for instance, of Simon and Levi, and here's Jacob's words. Simon and Levi are a pair. Their weapons are tools of lawlessness. Let not my person be included in their counsel. Let not my being be counted in their assembly. For when angry, they slay men. And, and on it goes. So how is that even a blessing? <laughs> Sounds like tough love. Tough love, eh? right? Exactly. And yet, there's. I think there's a certain logic to this whole thing. I mean, part of this, I think, is the Bible's attempt to try to have Jacob foretell their history. Like, this is what's going to be if you don't learn. It's, it, it's not simply a blessing, but a warning. But I also think that part of the blessing is serving to guide your children in some way. And that means at times 
to tell the things they need to hear as opposed to the things they want to hear. And even when you think your kids are ignoring you, trying to trust on the fact that they are somewhere in there, your words are going to register. Yeah, and it's interesting. It reminds me, um, I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this with your kids. There are certain things where you don't compromise, where you say, this is it, this is the way it's going to be. You sound like your parents, right? Because I said so. Um, like, for me, one of them is we keep kosher, and the kids, as they when they go off to college, are going to have to decide for themselves. But while they're living here, we keep kosher. And the other one for, for us has been music. You know, the kids were, were made to, to to take music lessons, and uh, whether they liked it or not. And there are certain things that I think um, – we as parents decide that this is, we're selecting something that the kid, we feel very strongly that we want to convince our children of. Um, hmm. And that, and, and to the point sometimes where you're not giving them too much choice. You're saying, this is so important that I'm going to press this on you. Right. This is sort of what we do. This is how we right. handle things in this house. Why music lessons? I'm sort of interested. Like, why are you so um, stringent about that? Well, I feel the same kind of passion around music that I do for these discussions that I have with you. They're like, you know, music is, at, for me, is, is just at the core of, of of what makes me happy. And I also feel like it's it's so good for the brain. And it, in this age um, where our kids are, are so easily distracted, it requires concentration. It can't be done with a cell phone in your hand. You know, it's been such a really elemental, beautiful part of my life that I wanted to at least plant it in them and then, you know, see what happens. Just like, you know, the kosher. Um, I'm going to plant that in them and see what happens. And, and eventually they'll decide for themselves. And so far the kids show no interest in continuing the music. Um, but, you know, maybe they'll come back to it someday. Right. But at least you've planted something within them. They, when yeah. they hear music, they can um, appreciate what they're listening to and, that's a gift in and of itself. Yeah, I think it's rewired their brains um, in the same way that, you know, religious school rewires their brains, whether they like it or not. It's in there and we'll see how it how it evolves. Shocked to hear that there are children who might not like religious school. <laughs> Let's not go there. Uh, OK, <laughs> we won't start. That's a, whole, that's a whole separate podcast. That yeah, would be. I I want to say that there is another aspect of it. So far, we've been talking about Jacob's blessings and the parents' responsibility to impart not only their hopes and prayers, but also a way of going forward, a path for our children to instruct them on a certain level, or at least introduce them to larger ideas so that they will hopefully uh, go back to these seeds and they will ultimately grow within them and lead them to a fuller, richer, maybe more moral life as well. I don't know if you bless your children on a Friday night or on holidays. Yes, we do. Yeah. So I think that's a very powerful privilege and act and this also harkens back to this story of Jacob and his sons. So we bless our children, boys for Ephraim and Manasseh, the two children of, of Joseph, and bless our daughters for Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah. But I want to suggest to you, at least this is my experience of it, is that it also is a challenge to me. In other words, if you go beyond the words the act of blessing your children isn't simply a verbal one. 
but am I worthy of blessing my children? Am I the kind of parent that can actually offer blessings? So it, it really challenges me on some level to be a better parent, to think about my parenting, to think about my engagement, to think about what I might have done in the past week, especially when my kids were younger, that I want to I want to keep doing, and other things that I think I could have done better. Yeah, there's no question that it's a powerful moment. And um, when you when you bless your child, do you think about the enormous responsibility and the power that you've got? You know, it's asking for help too. I feel like it's asking like, help me do this, help me take on this. Uh-huh. role, this job that is, um, you know, impossible to do perfectly and let me at least do my best at, at it. I feel like um, it's a it's a really intense moment. I like what you're saying. Uh, I've never really thought about it that way, that when parents bless their children, they're sort of bringing God into the equation, right? We're asking God to be part of this. And, you know, there are times, and I think every parent can relate to this, when you kind of feel like you're kind of groping. You're trying to figure out how, what do I say? How do I comfort my child in this moment? Or how do I challenge them to think clearly about what their options are in front of them, knowing full well that they're going to make their own choices. They're going to make their own mistakes. How do you balance all that? And so in a way, when we put our hands on our children's shoulders and offer those ancient words, we're also reaching out to God and saying, God, Guide me too. Give me some help here. Yeah, no question about that. I'm sure you know you can remember when you're a kid. There's a, there are moments where you feel like your parents have all the answers and that they they're protecting you. You can count on them for anything. You know, even when you're you know when you're sick, your mother knows what to do. When you're when, when you're sad, your parents know how to cheer you up. And then you become a parent, and you realize like, oh. <laughs> Hell, they didn't know anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> How did I get through that? How did I survive? They were, they were probably as clueless as I am right now. Um, and then, you know, that kind of humility is, is important, I think, especially when you bless a child. Like, how do I get the right to do that? Well, you know, help. I need, I need help. I, I had this image of um, driving. And the only way that I would have learned to drive is not by going to a driving school or taking a test, but rather just watching my parent drive. Mm-hmm. And then one day sort of getting behind the wheel and driving because I watched them drive, which, you know, my parents' driving skills is kind of a <laughs> terrifying thought. But in a way, that's exactly what we do as parents, right? We're not going to school. Okay, here's the wheel. Off you go. And it's kind of amazing that we don't drive into the ditch more often. Yeah, that gets back to what I said in the very beginning. Like it's we're modeling our parents' behavior. We're 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 whether we know it or not, we are learning from the way they raised us and the way they created a household and the way they showed love. Um, you know, we are inheriting those skills the same way. You know, you might have inherited your parents' driving skills, um, but the driving skills, at least, you know, you can learn. Uh, a lot of this, you know, you don't have any choice. It's by osmosis. I think that's right. But, you know, for Jews, the fact that we have the Hebrew Bible, where people are really are not saints by a long shot, they're very human, we can also learn very positive lessons about parenting, but you can also learn some very negative lessons about parenting. You have absentee parents, you have Jacob who favors one child over others, right? you have all kinds of things going on. In, in the Bible, which you can learn from. And what's great about our sages is that they're also willing to point out the flaws 
of our great ones, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Leah, Moses, Miriam. How do we look at them and how do we learn from them? So it's, I think it's a very powerful thing. And so it's, you know, it's an added tool um, in our parenting toolbox. Yeah, a, a really fundamental one that, again, we, we try to build into their lives and, and one of those things that we hope that they absorb, um, that, you know, we're certainly trying to get that across. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Jonathan. Thanks, Rabbi.